Mark's just text through saying, Sam, out of the ice hockey games, which one is more likely to have a punch-up going to happen? Everyone loves ice hockey for the fights. Unfortunately, Mark, when it gets to playoffs, uh, the fights dry up a little bit because just the skill level goes up to a whole other degree. I'm sure Dan Rosen's going to talk to us about that. Dan Rosen, who is uh, the NHL.com's senior writer. Uh, playoff time is upon us. It's a very exciting time of year. I've said it many times throughout the show. If you haven't watched a game of ice hockey, now's the time to get into it. It is one of the greatest sports on earth. And Dan Rosen from the NHL.com joins us now. G'day, Dan. Welcome in. How are you? Thanks for having me. Dan, they say that the Stanley Cup is one of the hardest trophies to win in all of sports, certainly North American sport. Just give our uh, our sort of Kiwi viewers who maybe aren't as well-versed in, in ice hockey uh, a sense of, of why it is just so tough to win. Well, it's a it's such a grind. It's a very physical game, even though people will talk to you about how the physicality in the game is not what it once was. It, it's not because there's rule changes and protection of players and way less fighting in the NHL. Fighting is way down from what it used to be in the NHL, and I'm, I'm very happy about that. But the game itself is still a physical, grinding, hard game. And as the, and the playoffs, if the, the intensity of it just picks up. And if you watch a regular season game and then you watch a playoff game, it's immediately noticeable to you. Uh, how the intensity picks up in the playoffs. And they got to win four out of seven each round. And you play four rounds. So you have to win 16 games, and you can play a maximum of 28. And you're talking about two months to do this. So you're playing pretty much every other night, too. Mm. It, it, it's a lot. It's a mental grind, and it's a physical grind to be able to do this. And that's why you see when the team's, come out uh, on top they're exhausted at the end of it there's a great story uh wayne gretzky tells it that his his edmonton oilers team in 1983 played the new york islanders in the stanley cup final and the islanders had won the previous three stanley cup championships and were going for four straight and they won four straight they beat the oilers that year and Gretzky was said he was remembers walking past the Islanders locker room at Nassau Coliseum in, in Long Island. And as much as they were celebrating, there were ice bags all over the players <laughs> and just guys who were just beat up. And he said at that moment, that's what we have to look like at the end of the playoffs if we want to win. And players are better athletes now. They're much better shape. They can handle it longer. But you watch them as the playoffs go on. They grow their beards and they get beat up. And by the end of it, they're exhausted. But they're doing amazing things and they're grinding all the way through because these guys grow up knowing the Stanley Cup is the ultimate. And it's right in front of them now. Yeah, and I, I always am interested to see the stories that come out after the playoffs. Guys have been playing with, you know, collapsed yeah. lungs and broken yeah. legs, and they just seem to be able to push <laughs> through it. So, given 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 its toughness and its and its difficulty, um, Dan, what what in your mind is the formula? Now, I I am an ice hockey fan here. I'm a, I'm a rabid follower of the NHL. Okay. Some of our Kiwi fans, um, you know, they'll be very casual fans, and they'll probably look at it, and and certainly from an outside perspective, it seems like goaltending is, you know, one of the most important parts of the playoffs. When you go back and look at some of the teams that have won it over the years, a goalie gets hot, and a team that perhaps no one thought might have been towards the top suddenly come through and win it just off the back of one performance. What's, I guess, the secret formula for you for, for winning over the next two months? 
Well, it's it's not a secret. It is goaltending. Goaltending is the great equalizer. If you have it, you have a chance. If you don't, you have no chance. Um, and look, I mean, teams are going to win. Last season, the Colorado Avalanche win with Darcy Kemper in net. He's not an all-star goalie. He's mm. not this unbelievable best goalie in the league. But he was good enough to make the saves he had to make, and the team played really well in front of him, and they were really hard to play against because of their speed. And that's the other key. You need goaltending. And in the NHL today, you have to be fast. You have to play fast. You have to move the puck fast. It's not necessarily all about skating fast. It's how you play fast. And puck, the puck moves faster than the players. And if you can move the puck quickly, you are now forcing the opposition to chase. And if you get them chasing, you have a chance now to get their goalie out and now you have a chance to beat their goalie, too. Their goalie comes out of the crease a little bit because they're chasing around. He's got to cut off angles and whatnot. And now you get him moving a little bit. Goaltending and speed are the two biggest factors, I think, in the NHL right now. And the biggest difference makers between the teams that go on and win and teams that will struggle. Uh, if you have the speed and the skill, of course you need it. But if you have the speed and you have the goaltending, you got a shot. Yeah, we'll circle back to uh, to which teams do have the best goalie. But I just wanted to ask you, Dan, I, I find it quite interesting when you look across the NHL. Uh, the the, the goaltending position is sort of dominated by by Europeans, isn't it? It's, it's a position that yeah. um, the sort of North Americans yeah. haven't quite now down. Is there a reason for that, do you think? Or is it just, you know, I sort of find it bizarre that there's just this one position that, that they've got such a, such a stronghold on. There's a lot of, so it, it is, there's a couple of reasons for it. Um, for one, like Finland has has developed a lot of very good goalies, and Russia has developed a lot of very good goalies. Mm. And I think a lot of the Russian goalies go train in Finland now. They will train in the off season because goaltending is very big and popular in the in Finland and in Sweden. And if you look now, look just look at the top of the goalie chart in the National Hockey League. It just wins right now. Linus Olmark from the Boston Bruins, Swedish. Alexander Georgiev from the Avalanche. He's Belarusian. He's Russian. Um, you know, Shesterkin, Russian, Vasilevsky, Russian, Saros, Finnish, Vanacek, I think it's Czech, Sorokin, Russian. I mean, that makes up. Those guys are all in the top 10 in wins this season. And the other ones are, are you know, guys like Stuart Skinner and Jake Odger, Connor Hellebuck, who are American, North American guys. But seven of the 10 are from European countries. And it's the training that they're getting, the technical training, the technique training that they're getting. And then also some of these guys come over and play in North America early too. And that helps them too get adjusted to the more North American style games. Remember in, in the European countries, um, a lot of people aren't aware of this. In the European countries, the ice sheet is 200 feet by 100 feet. So it's 200 feet long, 100 feet wide. North America, the NHL game is 200 by 85. And that doesn't necessarily impact the goalie as much, but it impacts the skaters way more. The goalie still has to protect the streets. But it's how far out shots can be coming from, where players can be coming from. It's also an adjustment from them there. That extra 15 feet does make a big difference uh, in terms of how the game is played. And that affects the goalies as well. Mm, oh, very interesting. Okay, Dan, let's rip into uh, into some of these uh, first round matchups and start off in the East because I think the East uh, this year is perhaps the strongest it's ever been. I mean, all those teams in there um, have high scorers. They've got good goalies. They've all sort of gone on runs throughout the regular season. And I will start at the top. I am a Boston Bruins fan. I lived in Boston, Dan. I'm nervous. 
because I look back to Tampa in 2019, okay, a team that broke records, a team that finished yep. the regular season with, with the most points at the time, and they go and lose you know, 4-0 in the first round. I'm looking at the Boston Bruins. They've broken all sorts of records this year. Tell me the curse isn't real, Dan. Tell me it's not real. <laughs> uh, listen, I, I, this is different than um, than what Tampa was in 2019. Now, listen, they won 65 games this year. They had 135 points. The most ever in NHL history for both numbers. The most wins in a single season, the most points earned in a single season. You know, you, know, you get two points for a win and one point for an overtime loss or a shootout loss. Um and so they got 135. The next closest in wins was Carolina with 13, and the Devils had 13. The next closest in points was Carolina with 113, so 22 behind. Um, you know, 52 wins for Carolina. They were 13 behind the Bruins. The, the Lightning in 2019, and I covered that playoff series against Columbus. I was there the, for the entire run. They go up 3 to nothing in game one, and they, and they got cocky. They got cocky in game one, and they figured, okay, we're running away with this. Columbus came back and won that game. And then the inexperience or the lack of maturity kicked in. And the Lightning losing four. That's the big reason why the Lightning have gone to the Stanley Cup final the last few years and won it two of the three years, because they learned. Mm. They learned that they can't take their foot off the gas. They learned that they can't take anybody for granted. The Bruins are a more veteran team, more veteran-savvy team. They've got a lot of guys who have been around for a while, have won, have been in winning situations for a while. And so that will help them. But 65 wins and 135 points, you know what that got them to? Yes, in the game one, just like everybody else. Mm. They're back in the same situation as everybody else. What they have is home ice advantage, and they'll have it throughout the entire playoffs for as long as they're in. But that doesn't mean anything right now. It's game one against Florida, and they play it Monday night. It's at CD Garden, and you know what? They lose game one. If it happens, if they lose game one, I don't think they'll panic. But 65 wins and 135 points get thrown out because now they're in a fight. Mm, absolutely. Um, we'll talk about some of these other matchups. Toronto Maple Leafs now. I reckon if you came down to New Zealand, Dan, and you surveyed um, 100 people out on the street and asked them if they support an NHL, which one it is, I reckon 90% of them will say the Maple Leafs. It's a brand that has that global reach. Um, there's a bit of romance about it. But they really mm-hmm. are... The, the underperformers in the NHL, aren't they? I was reading a story that you wrote on NHL.com. They're 0-6 in the first round over the last six seasons. They haven't advanced out of the first round since 2004, and they're coming up against Tampa, who we know have the Stanley Cup pedigree. So Toronto Maple Leafs fans, should they be buoyant heading into this matchup? I think this is their best shot, to be honest with you. I really do. They're catching. So they're playing well going into the playoffs. They're on a six-game point streak, a four-game winning streak. Tampa's not. Tampa won their last game in the regular season, but had lost eight, lost eight of their last 12. So right there, you look at it and say, okay, Toronto's, Toronto's coming in on high. Tampa's struggling a bit. The Lightning are a team that you don't get necessarily get concerned about, that they can't turn on, turn the switch and get going when it matters most simply because of their pedigree and what they've done. But this Leafs team is built now for better for playoff hockey. They went out and they got players at the trade deadline. A great example are Ryan O'Reilly and Nolachari, who are built to play playoff hockey. They're tough. They're grinders. They've won before in the playoffs with the St. Louis Blues. Uh, it's a little bit different, this Leafs team, I think. But, again, history matters sometimes. And these guys, a lot of these guys on this team, they're Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, John Savaris, Morgan Riley, William Nylander, those five in particular, have not gotten it done. Mm. You know, I mean, they're 0-9 in games when they have the chance to close out a series 
since 2018. And all those guys have been involved since then, including 0-4 in Game 7. So they have not won in the clutch. Tampa's going to be hard to beat in the clutch. They really are. I think this is the Leafs' best opportunity to get out of the first round. But if they lose, if they lose Game 1, if they fall behind, if adversity hits, what's going to happen? We don't know. We, we have the institutional knowledge of what we've seen. And what we've seen has not been great. Um, we'll see. I mean, they were up three to two on the Lightning last year, had a chance to close it out, and yep. couldn't get the job done. They lost in seven. You know, they're better now. I think they're better now, but we'll see. Yeah, I can't wait for the inevitable Game 7 against Boston in Round 2 and an overtime win to Boston. Um, the, other, the other one in the East that's, uh, that's looking juicy is the, is the Rangers and the Devils. Once again, these are, these are teams that you know people know sort of worldwide, particularly the Rangers, an original six team. They have gone out, and, and for people that follow um, you know, the NBA, the NFL, they'll know this sort of terminology. They've gone all in. They've gone out. They've got a whole bunch of high-profile yeah. high guys throughout the season to basically chase that cup in 2023. So Rangers-Devils, a battle of the Hudson. Um, how, how are the Rangers looking, not just in this matchup, but I guess for the, for the rest of the Stanley Cup? Do they have what it takes, Dan, to go all the way? I think they do. I, I really do. I think they do. They have what we talked about at the top, goaltending and speed um, and skill. Uh, they have all of that. But so do, the Devils certainly have. The Devils have more speed. And the Devils are a dangerous opponent. And I actually think if you if you do a pressure meter, I think the more way more pressure is on the Rangers in this series than it is on the Devils, even though the Devils had a better season and have home ice advantage in the series. The reason being, the Devils are about a year ahead of schedule. Nobody thought the Devils would be where they are right now. Yeah. They're, they're, they're here to win, but the experience matters for them too. The Rangers last year got that, and they went on a run. They went to... They went to the Eastern Conference Final before running out of gas against the Lightning. They went out and got Vladimir Tarasenko, big acquisition. They went out and got Patrick Kane, bigger acquisition at the trade deadline. They went all in at, with two of the bigger players, two of the biggest players, that you know, most popular and top, top players that were available at the trade deadline. They got them. And now it's time to put up or shut up, basically. And the Rangers know they're in for it against the Devils. It's a tough series for them. The Devils have played them well all year long, but the Rangers don't have a disadvantage in any department in this series. They're at least equal in forwards. They're at least equal, if not better, on defense. They are better in goal. Mm. And if they can, if Igor Shesterkin can do his job the way everybody knows he can do it, that's going to be, like I said about goaltending, the great equalizer to everything else. And I think that's the reason why the Rangers get out of this series and they move on. They, they, this is a tough series and it's a really good one too because, of, you know, I mean, the Devils and Rangers are rivals, you know, they're separated by less than 15 miles. It's, uh, you know, households are divided with this series. You got <laughs> fathers who grew up Ranger fans and sons who are growing up Devils fans right now. So, and they're divided households and families and whatnot. And it makes for it, the, the fan base is, is pumped. The, the area is pumped up for it. The buildings are going to be so amazing. Uh, and these players have not experienced that. Uh, all of these players, except for Chris Crowder on the Rangers end, have not experienced the Devils Rangers series because it hasn't happened since 2012. It's going to happen now, and it's going to be really, it's going to be very interesting. A couple of quick ones uh, to finish, Dan. Just over in the Western Conference, uh, the Edmonton Oilers—they um, are a, a romantic team as well. And you mentioned Wayne Gretzky. That's who everyone yeah. thinks of when they talk about the Edmonton Oilers. But this year, they've finally um, sort of put the put the voodoo, the demons in the closet aside. Uh, Connor McDavid with a with a record season. He is the superstar of the NHL, and they seem like they are trending in the right direction. They've made uh, the playoffs. They are probably favourites going in against the Kings. 
what are their chances to, to sort of go deep into the playoffs? Really good. Uh, I mean, really good. This is a good team, and they're playing the best of any team in the Western Conference going into the playoffs. They've won nine games in a row, and they won 14-0-1 in their last 15 games. Um, McDavid is the best player in the world. Um, you ask me, and I can't say you know with any any type of expertise uh, on any of the other sports, even though I'm a fan of the other sports, I can't say with any expertise, but I find it hard to believe that there is a more dominant player in his sport right now than Connor McDavid yeah. is in his sport. Um, he he has just blown the doors off the National Hockey League. He put up numbers this season that we haven't seen since in, in since 1995-96 when Mario Lemieux was doing it. Uh, his 153 points, 64 goals this year, 89 assists. Nobody's had that many since Lemieux had 161 points in 95-96. And um, he had a great playoff last year. Remember last year, the Edmonton Oilers got to the got to the Eastern. Uh, I'm sorry, the Western Conference Final last year, and they got swept by the Avalanche. Mm. McDavid led the NHL playoffs in scoring last season, and he only played 16 games. He averaged more than two points a game. Um, he's unbelievable. The team is playing really well. I think this is a big time moment for the Oilers. It's the best team that McDavid's had, and I think they can go on a long run here. And just uh, finally, the Avalanche, uh, they are the defending champions. Uh, they are there again in the Western Conference. Uh, they seem to sort of have it clicking again in 2023. They are without Gabriel yeah. Landeskog, their captain. Um, what What do you think? Can the Avalanche go two from two? They, they could. I mean, they, listen, I mean, they didn't have Landeskog all season, so they're used to it. Gabriel Landeskog, their captain, had a great playoffs for them last year. He's a big-time player for them. But he has a knee injury. He hasn't played all season. So when they announced that he wasn't going to be back for the playoffs, I don't think it came to as a surprise to anybody with the Avalanche. And they, they're they used to playing without him now. And they had a great season without him. They finished first in the Central Division, 109 points. And they certainly can go deep again. They have the they have the horses still to do it. The, the, the concern, the biggest concern is Kale McCarr, who's arguably the best defenseman in the NHL right now. He missed the last seven games of the regular season with an injury. Is he healthy? Can he play? Is he going to be ready to go and at full speed uh, in the first round? Or do they need him at full speed in the first round against Seattle? Can they get out of it uh, without McCarr at full speed against the Seattle Kraken who are in for the first time in their second year? It's going to be interesting, but I I certainly think the Avalanche have what it takes to go back uh, to the Stanley Cup final. But like I said, those Edmonton Oilers could eventually stand in their way. And I mean, the Oilers are way better now than they were when they played the Avalanche in the Western Conference final a year ago. Okay, Dan, prediction time. Uh, who is making it through from the East? Who's making it through from the West? And who do you have winning it overall? Uh, well, from the, let's see, from the East, I have the Boston Bruins. Uh, Good man. I mean, how do I not, you know? <laughs> <laughs> how do I not have the Bruins with the way they're playing right now? In the West, I was talking them up. I got the Oilers. And then I got the Oilers over the Bruins in the Stanley Cup final. Oh. Winning the Compromise Trophy for the MVP. Dan, there you go. Yeah, you've just blown all of your credibility <laughs> out of the water with that last one. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I did, I, as I said at the top, you know, for Kiwi fans here who, you know, ice hockey isn't a massive sport down here, I seriously recommend, you know, just getting in front of the TV, watching one of these playoffs games. Like you said, it is the pace yeah. increases, uh, the skill increases. It, it is just the best hockey you'll watch and you'll be hooked straight away. I know you're going to be glued to the TV and, uh, and at the games over the next two months, Dan. So, uh, enjoy it my friend thanks heaps for coming on and uh, and we'll catch up again soon alright I appreciate it anytime thanks for reaching out
There you go, Dan Rosen from uh, NHL.com. Uh, yeah, Stanley Cup finals beginning tomorrow. Now, look, I've jumped on um, the Sky TV guide, and look, I know it's competing with the NBA, um, and we've got some big NBA fans out there, but tomorrow morning, um, ESPN2 uh, from 11 o'clock, They've got the Stanley Cup playoffs and looking at the uh, schedule, that's either the the Islanders-Carolina um, series or or the Boston-Florida series. And obviously, I'd love to steer you towards the uh, the Boston-Florida series, but it, it could be the, the Islanders-Carolina series. Then they also have um, a later slot at 1.30, which I think will be the Kings-Oilers series. And, and um, Dan's very bullish on the Oilers going all the way. And you want to see Conor McDavid. This guy is a superstar. He is the best player in the NHL. And as Dan said, arguably the most dominant player in an, in a sport, in a team sport globally. Um, so catch the NHL playoffs. And we'll keep a track of it as well um, as it goes out. Through, you know, Steph, you'll be back next week, but I'll make sure that we're, we're updating the, the results. And uh, we might get Dan back on again as the playoffs continue.